Message from Starfleet Command, top priority. You are listening to the Trek Ranks Podcast, a member of the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network. This is episode 106, featuring the top five rescues. Welcome, Star Trek fans. I'm Jim Morehouse. I'm the host of the Trek Ranks Podcast. And tonight, we've got another cool topic for you to break down. It's the top five rescues in Trek. And there are a ton of great tropes. We are going to do top five tropes in Trek at some point on Trek Ranks. But uh, one of those tropes is a good old-fashioned rescue. And for this cool topic, one that you can approach in a bunch of different ways. And we have two fantastic guests to help us do that tonight. Assemble the rescue team. First up, returning for her sixth go-round on Trek ranks, coming to us via subspace in the Grand Rapids sector of Michigan, it's Brooke Horton. Welcome back, Brooke. Thank you so much. Glad to be back in uh, this place that I that I belong. You know? <laughs> oh, yes. I like that. <laughs> and our second guest today is contacting us from an undisclosed location deep inside the Emerald Chain. And across the last year, everyone's become extremely well known with this individual in the Star Trek community as a fan, an actor, a Parmakai, and as the heroic Andorian Rin from the third season of Star Trek Discovery. It's Noah Aberbach-Katz. Welcome, hello, Noah. Hello. Thank you to be here. You know, right off the bat, I have a I have a total gripe, which is that I've gotten very lucky to do a bunch of podcasts, but I'm always on people's like 152nd or 303rd <laughs> and i hear 106 i'm like man i wanted to do that 100 spectacular so i'm rebranding this episode <laughs> as the 100th spectacular the last six sorry they didn't count <laughs> throw them out delete them from the podcast feed this is the 100th episode spectacular uh so i'm very happy to be here for that well and you know can i can i say something else which is that i have a book at home a notebook at home, which I didn't bring with me to Toronto, where I am currently. My location is now disclosed. Please don't yes. come find me. Um, where I wrote down, speaking of tropes, I wrote down all the Star Trek, you know, capital S, capital T, Star Trek things I got to do. Oh, uh, so and I I took a huge list and it was like it was everything from getting beamed up to also getting to do the thing where, you know, you're running and you get beamed up while you're running. And then as you beam in, you continue running and oh, you do man. that kind of slam off the side of the wall. I was like, that is Star Trek. I totally got to do that. I got to get shot by a phaser and live. I got to get shot by a phaser and die and get evaporated. That's total Star Trek. <laughs> I think the only the only, you know, I even got an away mission in my own shuttlecraft. I mean, that's total Star Trek. I think the only Star Trek thing, the true Star Trek thing I didn't get to do was put on a uniform. Oh, this is good. So, and so you did, you did shakes and sparks, right? Like, tons of shakes, yes. tons of sparks. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, is... we did a whole, we did a whole day in that, in that, uh, 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 pod where we were just screaming and spinning and the camera was spinning and then they cut it all. Cause they forgot that we were in space. So it didn't make any sense <laughs> that I would be upset by spinning around in a circle, but there was lots of sparks, lots of shaking, uh, lots of Jonathan Frank's going, 
bang, boom. <laughs> That's reacting to that. So I got to do that. But I, I, I think the only thing that I can remember that the real trope I didn't get to do was um, probably use a communicator and, and be in a uniform. So you can have me back for tropes. Oh my How about God. that? That's fantastic. So full disclosure, I made the exact same list. I don't even know if you know this because I had my <laughs> my, my, my walk-on role. And so – I made the same list because I got to shake and spark mm-hmm. and fire the phasers yes. and wear the uniform. That's pretty much the end of my list. Oh, I had a, uh, I had a, Roxanne Dawson was yelling me to, to, to bang and move. Perfect. So that's, that's close. Perfect. To Frakes. Oh my God. That list is spectacular. We are going to do track tropes. It's going to be so great. Yeah. I, I, I didn't bring it with me to Toronto, but I'll have to go through because I really took down very detailed notes of every single thing I got to do, you know, that was like, that felt like very Star Trek to me. Oh, so many good ones. And so I'm going to, you know, Captain Janeway was episode 100. So you're going to have to talk to her about that, <laughs> that rebranding. So Never mind. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think that's going to uh, work. Yeah. I, I, I regret everything that I've said. Edit it out. Edit it out. You said you All could right. edit things out. Take <laughs> it out. Right. We're not taking that out. Okay. So we're and we're thrilled to have Noah on because, of course, for Trek ranks, it's you know you got to bring the you got to bring the Trek knowledge to uh, to come on. And so when I was looking at my long list of topics we were going to do, and I knew I was going to do top five rescues, and I'd been thinking about inviting Noah on, and it hit me like this is the perfect topic because in three episodes, Ren had like five major rescues. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable how many <laughs> rescues you were involved in. So we'll get to that when we get into our topic. But Noah, let's give everybody your quick Trek origin story. I think a lot of people have heard it on our many friends podcasts like Trek Profiles, Infinite Diversity, Trek Geeks. I heard right. one on Spoiler Country. That I got to say, that one was cool. The way you what guys talked about. You talked about yeah. the Shakespeare. and Oh, and, right, right. And yeah. You, you talked about your history at Juilliard, which I thought was really good. I, I could hear those lines between them reading. Um, and it was really, really interesting stuff. So anyway, give everybody your quick Trek origin story snapshot, and then they should go listen to all those great shows. Yeah, it's all out there, but essentially I came out of the womb. My mother put on (laughs) Voyager and the rest was history. Uh, I grew up watching Enterprise week to week. So that obviously holds a soft spot on my heart. And then my wife, Mary Wiseman, uh, booked uh, a role on Star Trek Discovery, henceforward known as uh, Sylv- Sylvia Tilly, um, acting EXO or whatever the hell she is now. Who knows? And uh, and then I got to be on the damn show. Perfect. That is the best snapshot. Go listen to those other shows. <laughs> I will tell you, my favorite part of that is the fact that you were clearly the reason Mary got cast because you told yeah. her to change her outfit yes. for her. And that, yes. every time I hear that, I'm like, yeah, that's for sure. A flowing dress, that's not going to... It's not going to help. Yes, you'll have to scour to find that other story, but it's out there. But yeah, I, I do. I remind her constantly and I do take full credit for all of her career success. So I'm glad you agree with me. Uh, OK, so let's get into our Trek ranks recalibration so we can talk about some rescues. Let's start with something small, like a recalibration of the EPS manifold. As regular listeners will know by now, general order number one of the Trek Race Charters that we love Trek. We love to rank Trek via some deep dive topics just to get the conversation started. But remember, it's not about the ranks. Nobody cares about that. It's just our excuse to talk about Star Trek. And as Mr. Spock himself has said, our show is all about... Infinite diversity in infinite combinations, symbolizing the elements that create truth and beauty. 
no wrong answers. It's not about being right or definitive in any way. It's about sharing the things we love about Star Trek. And we love it all from TOS to TNG, straight through to Enterprise, the Kelvin Timeline, and now Discovery, Short Trek, Star Trek Picard, Lower Decks. It's all fair game here on the Trek Breaks podcast. Black Alert. Black Alert. And a reminder that this episode of Trek Ranks is current through 801 episodes of Star Trek, which currently translates through the amazing third season of Star Trek Discovery. And one final reminder that we use episodes as a shorthand term, but the 13 films are always in play as well. I've boosted power to the communications bandwidth. And we appreciate that, Mr. Kim. You can find Trek Ranks on subspace at trekranks.com. You can contact me directly at Trek Ranks or at Enterprise Extra. And you can also call and leave us a message with your own picks at 609-512-LLAP. That's 609-512-5527. Okay, Brooke and Noah, I'm going to let you guys tell everybody how people can get a hold of you on subspace. Brooke, I know you're still there. <laughs> I am. I, uh, I'm on Twitter at A Whale in the Moon. And you know, I'd say it's equal parts cats, track, and probably food. <laughs> cats and track that's what it's all about noah yeah that's uh, pretty much the same thing that's on my twitter too except there's no food yeah i don't it's have my any cat food and star trek you can find me at n underscore a underscore k two great twitter follows everybody do it okay we're skipping our diagnostic cycle this week and we're jumping straight into our prime directives to figure out how everyone narrowed down their list and came up with their final picks but what you're proposing is exactly the kind of tampering the Prime Directive prohibits. Okay, so before we hear everyone's Prime Directive, just a quick summary again on kind of what we mean by rescue. And again, it's Trek ranks. You can do anything you want in terms of how you define that. I think some people might get creative with it when we get some lists from our listeners. But for the most part, you know, it's straight up rescue missions or it could be maybe someone rescued someone through support, you know, or a relationship. I don't know. Lots of different ways to think about it. There's one-on-one rescues, there's ships and planets being rescued, who knows? So, Brooke, let's start with you. How did you end up defining a rescue and then narrowing down your picks to just five? Okay, so I chose to define a rescue as a time when, through fate or chance, um, a situation was created and a rescue was the only answer to kind of setting things right. Um, Because we've seen our fair share of, like, you know, thrilling extractions and whatnot. But I, I didn't consider it a rescue if if that part was part of the original mission. Um, and then narrowing down my five, I ran them through two filters. Um, was there a lot on the line if the rescue failed? And then also, is it fun to talk about? Because that second <laughs> part is pretty much my forever prime directive on, on Trek Ranks anyway. So it's all fun to talk about. I love that. I think mine's almost the exact opposite of yours. Oh, Noah, how about you? How did you think about this topic when I brought it up? I figured if there's somebody on a ship or a planet that needs to get back to the right ship or the right planet, and you got to go down and get them and they can't do it themselves, that's a rescue. It was pretty literal, but you know, Star Trek rescues are so classic, you know, trying to beam somebody out right in the nick of time or, you know, you're trapped on the planet and there's no way off and time's running out. Uh, So that was sort of my thing that my definition of a rescue. And I picked the episodes that I wanted to watch again. uh, (laughs) And then I did that. (laughs) That is a 
tried and true Trek ranks uh, <laughs> process. <laughs> I love that. All right. So for me, mine ended up being pretty targeted. It was more about straight rescues. I mean, I brainstormed a bunch, like there's ships saving a planet and there's like person to person rescues. And then there's like self-preservation rescues where you may be saving yourself and there's accidental rescues, which there's a few of those, but I ended up just thinking about, it had to be a, a rescue mission where a group of our heroes were making a plan to go rescue another group of our heroes and get them back to safety. So that was pretty much where I drew the line and, and made the cut on a bunch of picks that I really wanted to include as well. So that is my prime directive. All right, this is going to be great. Let's uh, hear everybody's picks. First, Kudekaton introduce us to the Order of Guns. It'll be alphas like us that determine the future of this quadrant. That will be the new order of things. Thank you, First Kudekaton. As always, I am such a nerd. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, First Kudekaton. Just always. realized, Just, 100 episodes in it's of a Star Trek podcast talking about, you know, what <laughs> color is the door in season four? And Ooh. he just realized he is a nerd. We are, you know, we had the, uh, we had the, uh, Brooke on for abstract threes. We are going to do abstract colors at some point. There you go. Uh, See? Yeah, so it's, it is going to happen. All right. First, Kudekaton. Uh, thank you for that. A quick reminder on how we're going to go through the order of things. First, everyone will start with their five-word summary and the hashtag to tease their pick. Then we'll each reveal our top five rescue and the specific reasons we're highlighting it. And at the end, we'll ask everyone for a few secondary system selections for the picks that just missed our list. And as always, if you we have any duplicate picks make sure you listen for the defiant torpedoes okay brooke <laughs> let's kick this off with you what's your number five pick for your top five rescues all right my number five pick five words training mission to gamma hydra hashtag vulcan say damn and my pick is the perpetually hapless kobayashi maru freighter <laughs> nice i ch i chose this so rescue good. I mean, I chose it because this the simulation surrounding the Kobayashi Maru tells us a ton about Starfleet. Um, it's the test that all command track cadets have to take. And given that, we see that rescue and the preservation of life has to be the top priority for any starship captain. And it's funny because the name Kobayashi Maru has actually become more synonymous with no-win scenarios than with a ship. But that ship needed to be rescued thousands of times over and over and every scenario taught all these future star you know starship captains about what had to be you know the most important uh, priority and i guess in a way you could say that you know the rescue of this one simulated freighter over and over kind of set the tone for you know every tight spot on every mission that you know every future captain would captain would go on oh my god I love this pick. <laughs> I did not think of the Kobayashi Maru. It's the love it. literal uh, classic rescue. Did you pick which? Did you pick uh, Wrath of Khan as your? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's so yep. many options of it now. It's brilliant. Yep. Uh, Noah, what's your take on? Sorry, go for it. I was just saying, 2009 or Wrath of Khan. You know, it kind of they both. Yeah. They both were pretty perfect examples. But it's referenced so often too. The 2009 uh, is 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 really really a good one where he's chewing that apple confidently, really yes. sticky to it. Who doesn't want to be Kirk in that moment? And I love that. Great pick. Love that pick. <laughs> It's a little cheating because you get you basically just chose Star Trek, but I'll allow it. That's the best kind of cheating you can you know, do on this show. We, we, 
we highly encourage cheating on Trek ranks if it results in more Star Trek. So <laughs> fair that's, enough, fair that enough. pretty much does it. Uh, okay, fantastic start. I did not think of that. And it really is the perfect pick to start with because that defines Trek rescues. Noah, how about you? What's your number five pick? All right. My five words are rocks hit people part one. <laughs> uh, and then the hashtag pass the Dresky. This is uh, Star Trek Next Generation, the episode Final Mission, where Picard oh, and Wesley yes. and uh, whatever that idiot captain's name is are stranded Dur- on the planet. Durgo? Dur- Durgo, I'm, yes, I am that's such it. a nerd. I, wow, that's I, awesome. What a pull. Uh, yeah. You know, he's got a very, uh, uh, he got a very sort of uh, old white guy vibe. I got this. I'm under control. And he blows himself up or gets wrapped up in a web. <laughs> you know, it's not a great, I'm, I'm being honest, it's not really a good rescue episode because at the very end, they've already sort of solved the problem. And then Beverly's like, hey, are you okay? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're fine. Let's get out of here. But it is a great sort of, I love, I love a, a survival rescue where you just have to hang on long enough until they come you know i feel like that's sort of a great star trek rescue trope where you know time's running out and you just have to hang on just a little bit longer until help is arrived and and you know anytime picard is incapacitated and other people have to um have to do the the heavy lifting i'm all about it 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 winds up being great so that is my uh that's my number five rescue i love the i love the survival aspect of this and it this is this is wesley crusher's last episode or as a as a regular that's and right they did such a good job of making it feel visceral with the heat and the and the just the the lost cause of it all when they're walking through the desert that's it's a it's a great episode i love this survival aspect brooke what's your take final mission I have absolutely no memory of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I bet bet if you, there's like a very, I feel like the still from that episode was like Picard and Wesley with their head wraps on in this sort of orange desert next to the, the kind of red rusted ship. I bet if you looked at that picture, it'd be like, I still don't remember the episode, but I have seen that picture before. Yeah. Right. Is it a, is it a gif? Right. (laughs) It must be. (laughs) I will go watch it. That's that's what happens when I'm I you know I'm up against one that I'm not that familiar with. It's like all right, well here's my here's my nice. watch list. I love it, and that's part of the visceralness those uh, those headbands. Okay, we don't <laughs> nitpick we don't nitpick on Trek ranks, but one of my favorite things is at the end when Picard's on the stretcher. Like one of the cardinal rules of stretcher is if you're going up or down, you don't <laughs> you don't have the guy's head going down. You have to have the head always up. That is <laughs> that is go, very funny. The whole stretcher bit is a little like. <laughs> Are we going to do anything better than just a it's very old school. <laughs> uh, classic. Okay, let's do my round five pick. Five words and a hashtag. This one's short and sweet. It's it's really quick, clever conclusion, but I love it as part of a breakneck episode of Star Trek. All right, five words and a hashtag. You've got five minutes, Harry. Hashtag. Get the baby. That's an order. And it is Harry Kim rescuing Naomi the baby. In Voyager Deadlock season two, and this is at the very end of this amazing episode where you've got two Voyager, two Voyagers, two Janeways, all of this. The Vidians are coming on board. One, ep- you know, Harry Kim has already died in this episode, and so has baby Naomi. And at the end of the episode, Janeway realizes that they're going to have to sacrifice uh, her ship, and so she sends her Harry Kim 
to race to sick bay, save and rescue young little uh, Ensign, Ensign Wildman's baby and dodge his way back to the like temporal shift and get out just in time. I'm going to send Harry Kim through the rift with Ensign Wildman's baby. Somehow, it seems only fair. We'll be waiting for them. Just make me a promise, Catherine. Get your crew home. I will. I will. Harry, you've got five minutes. Get the baby. But Captain- Move it, Ensign. That's an order. This is an amazing episode, amazing sci-fi concept, but I always I just thought of this one. And I just like the way Harry Kim's the hero, man. He's like dodging Vidians in the corridor. He's phasering people. He does like a phaser and then he rolls and then phasers another Vidian inside sick bay, grabs the baby, runs to safety, quite a rescue. A deadlock is my pick. Brooke, what's your take on that? Jeez. Well, it's obviously a great episode and intense all the way through but i like this because harry doesn't have enough moments like this and it really also could probably have fit in i don't know it wasn't that many episodes ago but it was the the buzzer beaters you know so it it's intense (laughs) it's intense i think this is a great pick so so many uh picks on trek rings could fit into other categories (laughs) uh noah what's your memory of deadlock from voyage i'm not really remembering anything from this episode oh you should watch this really honest but i'm looking at it now and i'm thinking yeah this is a good one i'm looking at janeway looking at janeway you know me looking at you it's, yeah. it's good and and i think you know anytime that harry kim isn't the butt of a joke i think it's going to be a, a serious and, and badass episode so i'm gonna have to check this one out honestly that's one of the reasons i gave it gets let's give harry kim some props and this is the end where the famous line where janeway says to harry kim because he's like aren't i dead is this really my ship i switched to universes she's like weird is part of the game <laughs> okay, let's go to round four. And Brooke, what's your number four pick? We're all over the place so far. I love it. Oh, and we will continue <laughs> to be all over the place. All right, my number four pick uh, five words, Admiral, there be whales here. And my hashtag is wow. my fortune favor the foolish. Yes. Wow. And of, of course, obviously, my pick is Star Trek for the voyage home. Um, rescue the whales. <laughs> I, I have to pause. She is kicking our ass. <laughs> no, right this now. is. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> this is, this is not hey, fair. I'm supposed know. to be the guest and I'm getting dunked on. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here. Well done, Mr. Scott. How soon can we be ready for warp speed? Full power now, sir. Okay, let's now I'm gonna pause and just say that I never actually come out and say this in my prime directive, but there's always like a subconscious prime directive that's like make Jim almost cry yeah, or make is- Jim say <laughs> Or pull something out that Jim didn't think of. So, but anyway, this would be the crying one. Anyway. I'm just but. worried because this is number four. I know this is incredible. <laughs> wow. Oh, I love okay. I love animals. I love whales. This is my favorite yes. Star Trek movie. I did not think of this one. They are yeah. rescuing the whales and saving well, them. Yeah, and I mean this the the whole movie fits the prime directive because I mean at one point Kirk says to Spock like you're talking about the end of every life on Earth mm-hmm. and it really doesn't get bigger than that for our species you know when it comes to a rescue and it's this like crazy patch this is this is very star trek but it's like this crazy patch together plan that 
the cat, you know, it's like, well, we don't have anything better. Let's just run with this. And, and even though it's super high stakes, obviously like it's so fun. I watched the trailer again today and it's absolutely my favorite trailer from any Star Trek movie because it totally captures how fun it's going to be. Stardate 1986. San Francisco. Our own world is waiting for us to save it. They have 24 hours. Everybody remember where we parked. Break up. To complete their mission. It looked like a cadet review. He will beam into night, collect the photons and beam out. I want you all to be very careful without being discovered. We have an intruder. All right, who are you? You're not exactly catching us at our best that much is certain this is an extremely primitive and paranoid culture what does it mean exact change many of their customs will doubtless take us by surprise we're ready for beam out my transporter power is down to minimal i've got to bring you in one at a time you're from outer space no i'm from iowa i only work in outer space and obviously i could sit here and rattle off all these scenes and there's like mini rescues within the big rescue and um but i will say that i think I think probably Jim, you know that I'm a I'm kind of a softy, and Star Trek is very much in the core of my my being, and all my empathy is wrapped up in Star Trek. And um, so I I mean, in this this movie reminds us, I think that it's it's important to care for all the things that are precious while we have them, so that a rescue like this isn't you know in our future. So brilliant. I mean, what else can you say? This is a perfect episode. Where did, are you? Are you a Voyage Home fan, Noah? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's probably I, I, I think it's the best uh, original series movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. For it's sure. just hard to beat. Yeah. It's incredible to me that it's the part three of a trilogy, but you didn't know it at the time. You know, no. it, was, it took like a few years of people are like, you know, those are a trilogy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. That's it's a it was a different time, different time back then. Uh, okay, that's a fantastic pick, Brooke. Noah, how about you? What's your okay? Four, my number four, the five words are uh, "rocks hit people" part two. Hashtag <laughs> never trust a Romulan. Uh, and this is the enemy with uh, from Next Generation as well, with Jordy being trapped on some random lightning planet with uh, with another Romulan, and slowly they work together to assist in their rescue back to the enterprise as as romulan and federation tensions almost boil over to an intergalactic war i love the enemies the, the my favorite part of this rescue is the uh like an, is it a neutrino beam that wesley sets up there is the neutrino beam so that he like... drops on the planet. And, you know, it's this weird thing where they have to find it so that they can modulate the frequency yeah. so they can let people know that they're not dead or something. I don't know. Uh, but the only way that they can see it is if uh, 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 Jordy has his visor, even though, you know, they could just kind of look around on the rock on the ground for like a big, you know satellite but whatever who cares uh and uh it's a it's a it's a again it's another teamwork survival episode it's an episode i always get confused where the one where jordy's on like another rock planet and he turns into that weird alien thing that was really scary you know what i'm talking about yeah Yeah. identity crisis yeah that one's always very scary uh but i like this and uh, there's some really, really uh, uh, scene-chewing acting coming from the Romulan actor. He's really, really going for it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I I think anytime you get a Geordi-centric episode, you're going to get a good one. And you get to see him do like kind of like free solo up the wall with these ice picks he crafts out of Love that. something, iron ore he sees in the wall. 
So uh, a, a very, very fine rescue. It is a fantastic episode. Brooke, what's your take on the enemy? Yep, good choice. I, I would say that probably a good Starfleet rescue either has to fall into one of two categories. Either it's, you know, it's it's really heroic or it's cooperative because those were two major themes, you know, is is working together and with people who are different. And I like it. It's a good pick. Yeah, it's, uh, it's classic Trek. And I would be ris- remiss if I did not say that this takes place on Galorndon Core. Right. That, what a great time. name. One of the greatest. Core. I can't remember what the hell they were doing down there. They were just putting a light stick in the ground for some reason. But Galorndon Core, I want a, I want a metal band called Galorndon Core to like play at my funeral or something. When we do top five random Star Trek words, that one's going to get uh, a lot of play. Okay, round four. My pick, five words and a hashtag. That's another Wesley. This is crazy. We'll bring him home, Wes. Hashtag a hint of moral cowardice. And my episode is also from TNG season three. It's the high ground. And my rescue team here is Wesley, Data, Jordy, and Worf and Riker. And they're all working to try to rescue Beverly Crusher and Captain Picard from the terrorists on the surface who have kidnapped Beverly to help them uh, with their medical issues. This is, I love this episode. I think it's super underrated. It's um, it's got all those Star Trek storytelling devices where it's about terrorism and rewriting history and Federation policies and non-interference and the production values are super high. It's, it's just a really underrated episode. And I love that Wesley is a big part of, figuring out how to track these dimensional shifting inverter thing that the terrorists are using to kind of pop in and out of the enterprise to threaten them. And yeah, it's just super fun. And at the end, they, uh, they beam down and it's a classic rescue. It's like they beam into the dark, they tur- or they beam into the cave, they turn off the generator, it gets dark. They find Picard, find Beverly, they kill the terrorist. And then this little boy, I mean, it's like classic Trek trope. <laughs> little boys going to favor one of the locals and Riker gives the big speech of just, you know, put your weapon down and don't um, maybe, maybe, maybe it all starts. Maybe the healing starts with one boy putting his phaser down. Anyway, I'm an old softy. I love the higher ground. Uh, Noah, any memory of this one? You know, this episode has one of my favorite Star Trek tropes, which is nineties uh, looking, dude who is the leader of a rebel group (laughs) and like a a sort of uh, uh, rascal pirate who's also charming and dangerous. I feel like we, we meet them all the time. There's a bunch of Bajorans like that. Uh, This, that is one of my all time favorite star Trek tropes. And I feel like there's a good one here as well. So that's sort of my, my call on this episode. Finn is all those things. He's wearing pleated pants, and I pretty much had those <laughs> pants in the 90s. I, there you go, I definitely did. Uh, Brooke, what's your take on the higher ground? I feel like my memory of this one's a little fuzzy, too, so I'm going to have to go back and rewatch. You, was... you have to remember, I've seen Deep Space Nine about 30 times, and I've seen TNG like oh, twice. Man, so... you, you need to go do your TNG. I knew if you had if you didn't remember Final Mission, you're not going to remember the higher ground. So. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Go, You got some good homework to do. I love this. I do. Post, post-Trek Rex Post-Trek Rex homework. Okay, we're going to round three. It's the soup round. Noah has no idea what that means, but we call it the soup round. Eat your soup, courtesy of a loyal establishment. Joe Landrew. 
And every once in a while we say why. It's because in episode six, we did top five food moments and we all picked soup in the third round. So now <laughs> it's the soup round. That's funny. <laughs> it's amazing. All right, Brooke, what's your round three pick? Well, and we should probably further point out that it since then it's become sort of like a wild card round. Even even when we've had like a structured episode, because I think I did um what is it? Uh Lower Decks season one moments and then Picard season one moments. And so the third round's always like the pick whatever, you know, whatever just you know checks the box for you. A little loose. Yep. So in well, keeping I'm, with I'm that, glad I know that after I already made my pick. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh... <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. I'm going to pick the Kobayashi Maru for this one, just because. Uh, just <laughs> okay, so my my round three pick, uh, five words, cue the Sarah McLaughlin tearjerker, and my hashtag is number one, and my pick is De Niro, the real-life rescue pit bull who we met in season one of Star Trek Picard. Oh, my God. Wow. You are, you're oh. amazing. Wow. <laughs> you're amazing. <laughs> I'm logging tr- off. This sucks. Tr- <laughs> I, I suck one this. Is, and, his, and the dog's name Jeez. is De Niro. I remember that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. And truth be told, this is the first thing, the first thing that came to mind when I heard the topic. Um, wow. Because I think in real life, you know, I'm not going on a whole lot of high stakes rescues. To me, the word rescue, I think of animals. And, so you know, my my best bud over here sleeping behind me. I mean, she came home with me from a shelter 15 years ago and it's like rescue animals are a significant part of my life. And, and I know I'm not alone in present company when I say that, you know, I love and I respect Patrick Stewart's empathy and advocacy and, and to propose the idea of bringing on a rescue dog is like peak Patrick Stewart. And you know, what's interesting is you, there's not a lot out there, but when you read about some of the accounts of what filming was like with De Niro, it's, it did not go well most of the time. And (laughs) what's funny is like, but isn't that the nature of rescues? And certainly with animals, like, you know, sometimes things don't go as smoothly as you hope, but the life on the line is is worth it every time. So. Uh, I love it. Shout out to rescues. This is so good. And obviously near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Well done. What do you think? You think in this this round in the soup round, I can call for a rescue of myself on this episode, <laughs> just getting absolutely run circles. There's no, this, this is not a competition. No, not everybody's a competition. picks are awesome. We're talking about Trek. Who it's cares? not a competition, but you are losing. <laughs> yeah. I I love that pit bull, and I love any time Patrick Stewart posts a video of him with like a a pit bull that he's uh, uh, fostering or anything. Yeah. Uh, he's an A plus human. We love that. Well uh, done. Noah, any other any other take love on uh, I love it. My mom my mom and dad just rescued a pit bull a year and a half and they named it Rin. So it's very oh my much gosh. Uh, that is, is it blue? Is it blue? It's, it's, it's not, not blue, blue, but it is white, so it matches my hair. So that counts for that's me. awesome. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. I love it. Hey, let's segue into this. How, when how did you tell your mom that you were going to be on Star Trek? You know, it's funny. I don't really actually remember. I think I have a video somewhere. I think because I've heard this. Thing, I mean, it's a great story about when uh, Mary told you about booking it. And yeah, you know, I I don't really remember how I told my mom. I think I just emailed her because I also felt like you know when I got it. I wanted to keep my expectations low because I was not very clear on what I was doing or how many episodes I would be in. It was unclear. You know, I didn't want to get her all pumped up if I was going to, you know, stand in the background and give somebody a high five. And that was it. And I would have been thrilled with just that. (laughs) But I wanted to kind of keep my expectations in line with what I 
new. So I don't think I really, she really got excited until I was like, so like I'm in full prosthetic and there's about 50 explosions going on behind me. Um, if I don't make out of this alive, it was worth it. You know, at that point I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. awesome. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll ask her when she's on Trek right. There you today, go. So. I give you, I okay. give you major credit for, uh, for reining it in. Honestly, if my mom were a Trekkie and it were me, I think it'd be like a, like a, a gender reveal, like a box with Star Trek <laughs> colored balloons coming out, you know, and I mean, like, it'd be a, it'd be a big deal. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it was a big deal. I think I was, you know, worried about her feeling like she needed to immediately hop on a plane to Toronto and be on set with me. So <laughs> yeah, I had to really right, just right. take care of her. Uh, <laughs> all right. What's your uh, number three pick, Noah? Number three, my five words are, is Jeffrey Combs my dad? Hashtag never trust a Vulcan. Uh, this is the Andorian incident, Star Trek Enterprise. You know, at some point, it's a little muddy who's rescuing who, why they're there. You know, we think we're going down to rescue the, the Vulcans, and then we've got to go down and maybe rescue Archer and his team, and then somebody accidentally shoots a wrong thing and presses a thing, and, oh, it turns out never, ever believe Vulcans. They're liars. And Andorians are the one to trust. Always trust an Andorian's intuition. They answered a hail from Enterprise. They threatened to kill us all if anyone attempts a rescue. Mr. Reed wouldn't be that reckless. I didn't recruit my tactical officer to sit on his butt when he's threatened. The Andorian smashed our communicators. <clears throat> the longer we're out of contact, the more likely Malcolm will put together a landing party. Warning or no warning. Known him, a heavily armed landing party. It's just a matter of time. So if anyone has a suggestion, I'm all ears. No offense. Uh, and of course, most importantly, we get to meet uh, the one, the only Shran for the first time. And it just doesn't really get better than that. I mean, what else can you can you ask for, you know? Uh, you can't ask for anything more than that. Jeffrey Combs, Shran. This is one of the best episodes of Enterprise. I'm pretty sure it's number six on our Enterprise Trek ranks. It is so, so good. We really, it's the first time we get really meaty with the Andorians. So it's true. Maybe in all of Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, time. it really is. So just for that fact alone and the rescues are like all, they're coming fast and furious. I do love the scene <laughs> where they, they beam in, they, they run through the, into the catacombs and yes. then they close it and everyone comes, comes in and they're like, what's going on? Uh, it's good stuff. This is great. Brooke, what's your take on the Andorian incident? Very solid pick. Yeah. No, this whole episode is, it really doesn't stop much. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely typifi typifies a rescue and Jeffrey Combs, I think, well, just by nature of how many roles he's played, he ends up being talked about on this show a lot, but <laughs> he's enough to make an episode. And I like that you picked an Andorian episode. That seems fitting. Of course. And of course. I can watch Scott Bakula pretend to get beat up like, all day. <laughs> he just loves that shit. He really <laughs> does. Yeah, he really does. That's a great point. It's so clear. Okay, close out round three with my pick. This is two episodes in a row that I'm going to the Kelvin timeline Five words and a hashtag. A better chance with you, hashtag. Is that what you believe, James T? 
And this is Star Trek Beyond. And yes, I'm picking the motorcycle rescue scene. Hell yeah. Because nice. it's awesome. It's <laughs> that so is awesome. freaking good. And I always say this. Anybody who doesn't like this or doesn't like the Kirk and Chekhov flipping the the saucer section with the explosion. Just this is so much fun. This is a summer blockbuster. This is what it's supposed to be. Captain, you're beacon. From the score to the action to all the you know Kirk's riding the bike around, and all of a sudden there's like 20 Kirks, and there's the freeze wall smoke or whatever it is that he's using to block the phaser fires. And then you've also got Spock and Bones rescuing all the hostages while Scotty's trying to beam them up without splicing them. And you also have a fantastic fisticuffs fight with Jayla fighting Cole's dude, Manus, and it all ends with the most insane, ridiculous stunt where Kirk's circling around and rides the motorcycle off of the, the wall and the ramp that he's made for himself and grabs her while he's beaming out and she's jumping. It's just amazing. Michael Giacchino's score. Oh. 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 Okay. Let's never do that again. I agree, Jose. I love it so much. It's Star Trek Beyond. Uh, Noah, what's your take on this? Love this. Love, you know, I feel like those movies, especially Beyond and, and the first movie as well, there's so much rescuing. It's just a really, really good pick. And anytime you get Chris Pine on a motorcycle, I I feel safe and like he can rescue me anytime he wants. Same. Get in line, Brooke. What's your uh, what's your take on Beyond? Uh, I, I feel, well, for one, I, I think it's my favorite of the three Kelvin timeline movies, but, yep. um, because it feels so much like an episode of Star Trek, but, yep. um, yeah, I, I read something recently where somebody had commented and I think they meant it pejoratively, but it was like, well, yeah, this, this stuff is what original, you know, TOS would have done if they'd had the budget, you know, or maybe it wasn't pejorative. Maybe it was actually <laughs> somebody that worked on the show that was like, no, if we had had more money, you know, and some, some different effects, like, so that's exactly what Kirk would have done in either universe. You know, that scene is like, you know, William Shatner probably would have loved it, but. He would have been on a horse though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So probably. Probably. So true. Yeah. I love that. I always, I, I've been a fan since the early seventies, a long time, die hard forever. This is my third favorite Star Trek movie. I, I just, wow. it is so much fun. It's so great. And I don't yeah. say that lightly. There's a lot of great Trek out there, but this one is really, really good. Go back and revisit it people. If you haven't. Okay. Round two, Brooke. What is your number two pick? Okay, number two, five words, less than elite Ferengi squad. And my hashtag is hashtag RC Kivan. And my pick is the Deep Space Nine episode from season six, The Magnificent oh Ferengi. I didn't think of this one either. So good. <laughs> oh, I, I love the Ferengi. Um, and this episode ranks pretty high for me on personal favorites in all of Star Trek. Um, and I know Ferengi don't always get a lot of love. And this episode is purely Ferengi. But it's, of course, <laughs> the one where Ishka, uh, Cork and Ram's mom, is kidnapped by the Dominion. And the Grand Nagus wants Cork to, you know, figure out how to rescue her. And I'm not sure if you guys follow the DS9 subplots Twitter account, but it's basically like 
fabricating DS9 ideas that are a fun balance of silly and serious. And this actual episode is exactly that kind of balance. I mean, Ishka's uh, kidnapped while coming back from getting a lobe lift. Um, you know, the prisoner, they're, <laughs> the prisoner they're meant to exchange is killed during like this stupid squabble that's very Frangi. And then they reanimate him and then he bumps into corridors. I mean, it's like, it's, it's all so much fun. I'm putting together a little rescue mission and I'd like you to be part of my team. I work alone. You'll be paid in latinum. I don't care about latinum. You're right. His priorities are different. All right. Forget the latinum. I've been told you like the opportunity to test your abilities. I enjoy a challenge. Then you should know this. That the person we're going to rescue is being held by the Dominion. The Dominion? Should be quite a challenge. It admittedly is not a particularly great rescue, but it's kind of a hell of a ride and I'd watch it every day. Oh, it's a great rescue. And this is another exhibit a on when people are talking about Star Trek, not making sense or not taking stuff serious. This is the middle of the dominion war and they kidnap. <laughs> so I mean, get a grip people. This great pick. So great, great pick. I love anything Frankie, you know, one of my, uh, one of the hardest things for me to come to terms with in my life is that no matter how many times I, I could or will or might be back on Star Trek, I'll never play a Ferengi unless there's two of them stacked on top of each other in a trench coat. <laughs> That's love Moogie. Huge fan of Moogie. My mom would, will absolutely respond if I call her Moogie. This is a, a, a great pick. It's the saddest. I thought you were going there. It's the saddest thing I ever heard. You can never play yeah, a Ferengi. It's, it's, it's really a, a too bad. Unless, you know, something is really, really bad has happened to them. A, uh, yeah. A, a, a genetic mutation that oh, they don't speak go. of to outsiders, perhaps. <laughs> there you go. That, that exactly. could be the storyline. Brooke, you're killing it. Not, I didn't think. All four of your picks. I didn't even have on my uh, secondary systems. Incredible. All right. All right. Noah, round two. Okay. My five words are, sorry about your wife, Cisco. Hashtag sleep. Uh, this is best of both worlds. Part two. We have Wolf 359. We have Data in Wharf going on to the Borg ship, recovering Patrick Stewart. We have an attempted rescue where the Enterprise rushes back to try and uh, uh, rendezvous with the fleet before they're totally blown to smithereens. Then we have the Enterprise rescuing Earth from the Borg invasion uh, just in time as, as, as Data and uh, Beverly and Troy and O'Brien rescue Patrick Stewart or Jean-Luc Picard from his uh, his board captors. Uh, just a lot of good rescuing going on. Just a classic episode. And, you know, one of my favorite things uh, in terms of rescues are when you really feel the cost of the rescue. And, and this episode ends with this fantastic beat where it seems like, okay, we did it. We saved the day. And uh, uh, Jean-Luc kind of lifts up his Earl Grey and, and doesn't take a sip. And sort of you can see he's consumed with... Uh, everything that he remembers and everything that he did while he was locutus. Uh, it's a great, it's just a great episode, a great rescue, multiple rescues in one. And, you know, it's, it's one of the, the peaks of, of Star Trek. This is peak Star Trek rescue for sure. It's the first one I thought of when I started looking at my list and 
Yeah, I mean, that. I, my favorite thing about this is it always – I've seen this 50 times. It still always tricks me. It's like they yeah. – you know, Riker's <laughs> got the plan, and then it's like, oh, no, shit, I forgot. Worf and Data are going to be on the shuttle. That's the actual plan. They're going to rescue right. Picard. It's so smart. It's I don't – some people kind of dismiss part two of Best of Both Worlds, and that's crazy nuts because it is really, really clever – and this is uh, one of the best rescues in all of Trek, for sure. Commander Shelby, prepare to initiate your plan to separate the saucer section when we find the Borg. Sir, I must remind you that Captain Picard was briefed on that plan. The Borg will be prepared for it. I'm aware of that, Commander. In fact, I'm counting on it. Crusher, Cartano, Gleason, report to the battle bridge. Mr. Data, Mr. Worf, I have a special mission for you. Brooke, what's your take? I concur. And also, it's there have been plenty of episodes of the show where it's like, everyone gets done and they're like, shit, we didn't pick the one episode we all knew needed to get picked, you know, because everyone thought everyone else was going to do it. And this this episode needs to be on this list. So You're welcome. thank you for delivering it. You're welcome. That does happen sometimes on Trek Regs. Take me out to the hollow suite. Measure, measure, measure of a man. Measure of a man. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, the only difference would take me. I'm definitely cutting this out. Would take me out to the hollow suite. <laughs> Nobody picks it, but we talk about it through the whole episode. The whole thing. Because yeah, the, it's the greatest it, sports it, episode exactly, of any TV exactly. show. Exactly, and the whole episode is sports, so it's not really a reference. And there's so much baseball elsewhere. I'm, I'm kind of glad nobody picked it because some of the great. I think the two greatest Star Trek lines are in that episode, which is "Death to the opposition <laughs> yeah, and find right. him and kill him." Agreed. And I just think those, Agreed. They might be the greatest written lines of television history. Yeah. What was the second one you said? It was it's it's death to the opposition and find him and oh, kill yeah, him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. My, That's unbelievable. My favorite is because it's all about sports. Is to manufacture triumph. Here, here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so good. Anyway, uh, but yeah, the worst ever was we did data episodes and nobody picked Measure of a Man. So that oh was that was pretty hard to come back from. No, unbelievable <laughs> that the network didn't cancel. I you. know it's so so amazing. Okay, let's go to my number two pick. Five words and a hashtag. It's another short one, but I just couldn't eliminate it from my list. And Brooke, you picked this on your abstract threes. Five words and a hashtag. You're right. I'm an engineer. Hashtag the hero of Setlick 3. And it's O'Brien rescuing Nog from Garrick in Empok Noor DS9 Season 5, Episode 24. Yes. And this is a great episode. It's a super dark it's a lot of layers and depth to O'Brien's character and his his past as a as a soldier and now how he just wants to be an engineer. And the ending is just so great when Garrick, who's under some kind of psychotropic drug on the uh, random secondary Cardassian station, and he's killing everybody and he's going to kill Nog and he's got him uh, held and O'Brien has to outsmart him. And so he puts a plan together. He shows up. He uh, basically says, okay, you've got the upper hand on me. I don't want to deal with this. What, what are we going to do? But he sets a little trap for him because he's an engineer and he gets uh, Garrick to stand over his phaser on top of a tricorder and he explodes it. It's really great. He's an engineer. Miles O'Brien saves Nog. I love this episode and it's a great rescue. Uh, Noah, do you remember this one? Empok Noah? 
I have a vague memory of this one. Uh, really, really fun episode. You know, I think you've got, again, you've just got some, you know, I feel like the connective tissue between these great rescue episodes are the great characters. Garrick's yeah. an incredible character. Yeah. Nog, of course, is great. And O'Brien, you know, as goofy as he is, when it gets serious, you're really like, oh man, you're on this ride with him. So that's a really, really fun episode. And also, you know, I feel like O'Brien is sort of in this tradition of the Scotty engineer, which is just like, you know, trying to do his best, hanging on for dear life, kind of the the punchline of a bunch of jokes. So when he can outsmart someone like Garrick, who is just sort of, you know, this weird genius man, it, it, it feels very, very satisfying. Yeah, I, I love that. How about you, bro? Yeah. What's what season was this episode in? Uh, Five It's right before okay. the whole Dominion War arc. Okay, because I, I have distinct memories of a few episodes. So I would have been about, what, 15, I think. And I would stay up alone and it would be dark and no one stayed up to watch these episodes with me. And like, this is one of them that was so intense watching it the first time. Um, obviously, I picked on Abstract Threes, but um, no, this is this is a brilliant one. It just it's turned up to 11 the entire time, even in the even in the down moments. You know, it's like it's building. This is this is a good pick. Yep, so true. All right, let's go to round one and get our top five rescues. Brooke, what's your number one pick? All right, well, Noah's going to hassle me again because if he thought my round five pick was basically all of Star Trek, uh, well, uh, here, here we go. Here we go. It is, this, is my, this is my biggest cheat. Um, my five words are keep those others coming, Rockies, and my hashtag is save Star Trek. And my pick is my pick wow. is Wow. Oh it, it's Bijon. I'm not even letting <laughs> you finish this. I okay. threw my head back in unbelief disbelief. So, wow. So, okay. So, so I guess I guess you guys know where I'm going, but obviously my pick is B Joe and John Trimble and their campaign to save Star Trek, you know, back in nineteen sixty seven. And and I don't know that everyone knows it. So I'm gonna like I'm going to tell the tale um, as, you know, as far as I've pieced it together and understand it, you know, I'm, I, I wasn't there, but um, you know, the story goes that NBC wasn't happy with the ratings for season two of the original series and they're planning to cancel it after this second season ended and enter the Trimbles, this couple who I think with a little bit of prodding from Gene, you know, did the heavy lifting to start this letter writing campaign that absolutely exploded. And NBC gets so many letters, some, something around like, 116,000 um all of them petitioning the studio to keep the show around for a third season and we of course all know we did get a third season and you know even at, even though it was canceled the three seasons together from what the lore says you know amounted to enough episodes of star trek that it could go into syndication and syndication is is where star trek found its following so like i said i wasn't there you know i'm an 80s baby but um it's funny because as we record this, I'm I'm looking, I've got my Star Trek collection kind of scattered out in my library right now. And I'm looking at this, you know, this tatty turquoise program from a tiny convention in Michigan in like 1992. And B. Joe's biography and her autograph are on the page right after Majel's and two pages after John Delancey's. So that's where she rated in the world of Trek and does still but i mean for this campaign and petitioning nasa to name the space shuttle enterprise and for all kinds of work and art she's contributed to science fiction but i mean on the whole this pair of super fans like og super fans essentially 
you know, lit the fire that rescued Star Trek. And I don't think we'd be here recording if they hadn't done what they did. So to me, it's the ultimate rescue, ultimate Star Trek rescue. Is it too late to change my final one to Lucille Ball and just pull that one out? (laughs) Oh, that's good, too. That would fit, too. I mean, it's a perfect summary of what Bijou Trimble did to save Star Trek. I love this. Excellent. Uh, Did you pick an episode to associate with it? Please say no. No, I didn't. I, I, it was based just TOS. All right. So then by default, that means it should be the first episode of season three, which is Spock's brain. So that's uh, perfect. Uh, you, you saved <laughs> Star Trek <laughs> and you picked Spock's brain. So. Oh, God. Never, that. never picked on that. this show. I, I, right. I'd be willing to bet. I, uh, I don't know if it has. We'll, we'll have to check that. Okay, Noah, how about you? What's your number one? Awesome. All right. Number one, my five words are the greatest Trek character ever. Hashtag blue sad boy in book. <laughs> this is Scavengers yes. Star Trek Discovery Episode 6, Season 3. We are introduced to the single most consequential Star Trek character, <laughs> according to my mother. That's Rin. <laughs> Uh, it is, it's a real classic rescue episode. You know, we've got people posing as somebody else. We have sort of a stolen kiss in the corridor. We have rallying the people. We have creating some sort of bomb, which was going to be way more important, but they had to cut it because they were running out of time in the editing room. <laughs> uh, you know, you have a, a whole, a whole bunch of stuff. I told as many of the others as I could. I don't know if they believe me, but I tried. You did good, Rin. Here, I got it. The black box. Who are these friends of yours? Very handy. Excellent friends. Okay. Five minutes till shit gets real. What if I can't do this? You got those standing up to the chain. You got this. All you got to do is uh, run. And you and I, my friend, are getting out of here. All of us on a transport ship. You know, we, we've got running to get to this transport ship. We've got, you know, Rin getting shot, taking a bullet for his friend, but surviving, beaming up. We have another moment which was cut where Brin, uh, 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 Book uses his Quajon healing powers to heal Rin, but they cut it for some reason. Damn it. Are you kidding me? Uh, I am oh, not kidding you. That pisses me off. That's the, one of the best I things know. about the season was that book stuff. Oh, that's he, a brilliant. He used it originally, but they they cut they cut it for whatever reason. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, Rin lives because of this rescue, and and uh, the bad guy dies in the next episode. And Tolor, he gets eaten by a space worm as <laughs> yeah. we kind of meet the cruel and unusual uh, Osiris. So it, it really launches the 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 thrust of the second half of of the season for season three of Discovery. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm so excited. I, I was 100% for sure that you were going to die. <laughs> I, I just thought it was a thought it was a setup. Thought for sure. Okay, this guy's done. You know, a lot of people did, but I'm 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 living. I'm on the ship. I get to check off another Star Trek trope, which I was hugely excited about, which was laying on a med bay yes. and having the space blanket over me. That's right. I was like, this is it. This is I have made it. You know. Oh God, space blanket trope. This is this is everything I could ever ask for. Yeah, space blanket, huge trope. So good. And the and let's just say one of the best moments of the season was Burnham and Giorgio flying book ship. 
in, yeah. and spin it around. The effects, the the sound, really were and books yeah, reaction. Yeah, really got to see the uh, the programmable matter at its finest. Yep. You know, you didn't have to do a whole explanation about well, what can it do? What can it not do? You see this ship sort of reconfigure itself, and you're like, oh, it can do a lot. I, I'm interested in this stuff now. Yeah, and you've got David sort of shouting his signature phrase, "Let's go." Let's yeah. go. So, so good. Uh, Brooke, what's your take on Scavengers, Rin? I don't I don't know what I could possibly add since the guy who was there just <laughs> talked about it. But but I do want to say that you said Bryn, and I please can we make Bryn. that like yes, the shorthand for that friendship? Man. Yeah, we I I yeah. like it. I I that that's uh yeah, that can be headcanon from now on. All of our time. I, Everyone on on Hun How, the slave planet <laughs> called us Bryn. That's a given. So, all right. So let's give out, let's give props then to the other uh, rescues for Ren. So in Sanctuary, and this was another amazing scene, Detmer and Ren are in a ship saving Discovery by taking out Osiris. Hell yeah. Saving Discovery and saving uh, 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 Book and um, Burnham down on the planet. That's right. You know, saving Quajon. Yep. Incredible. Uh, yeah, we're doing a lot of saving. I don't give any credit to Grudge at all. Uh, he didn't help. <laughs> Grudge was not helping. He didn't help. And then in There's a Tide, uh, a couple more with the whole bridge crew rescuing themselves, and then you and Book yes. holding off the yes. uh, the onslaught of, uh, what are they called? Rep oh, now this, <laughs> What the hell? You're going to have to cut this. Part. I know. On, what wait. the hell They're is called it? regulators. Regulators. There we go. We got it. Regulators roll out. Regulators. Here we go. There we go. <laughs> All right. Amazing that you were a part of so many cool rescues. Okay. I did. I got to do a lot. Let's uh, close out with my round one pick. Five words and a hashtag. I pick this episode all the time. I'm sorry, people, but I could not pick it. We bring back Lee Nala's hashtag or we don't come back at all. It is the homecoming, the opening episode of DS9 season two. And it is Kira and O'Brien, uh, taking a shuttle pod to try and rescue Lee Nullis and a bunch of prisoners on Cardassia for Cardassian prison camp. And I love this rescue. It's like the first 20 minutes of a great trilogy of episodes. And my favorite part of this right at the beginning, when Kira, she wants to go on her own, but Cisco's like, Nope, O'Brien's going with you. And the first thing she says when they're, uh, when they're firing up the runabout to head off on the mission, she says, before we go, there's one thing we need to clear up between us. This mission can end only one of two ways. Either we bring back Lee Nullis or we don't come back at all. And you said it a minute ago, Noah. O'Brien says all business. He's like, understood. No problem. Here we go. Love it. Such a great, great, great scene. And there's a bunch of good stuff happening in the outdoor location shoot where they uh, trick the Cardassians and get everybody out. Phaser fights, the whole thing. I love the Homecoming trilogy. Noah, do you remember this one at all? This is a great one. Again, we're started. We're like meeting more and more like '90s rescue men. You know, yeah. I feel like they're everywhere in this episode, and and also I feel like this is a great uh, Kira episode where she is like just so focused on on completing her miss- mission, and then just sort of her rebel spirit sort of comes in and she just starts kicking ass and she can't even help it. I, I feel like Kira is, is due for a, a full on 2020, 20, 2020. Oh my God. <laughs> That's a long time for now. 2021 reexamination of just like, actually she is the most badass person who's probably ever lived. And she's always kind of right. Even when she's wrong, 
And I feel like this is a great example of that. Could not agree more. She rules. Brooke, what's your take on the homecoming? Well, if we're going to be honest, like if your pick is the whole bridge crew, well, ops crew, I guess we should say, right? Ops crew of Deep Space Nine. And you you pick two, you're going to pick these two. Like they're going to be your dream rescue team because they've both just yeah. been in the shit. You know what I mean? Like yep. they just, they, they, they know how to improvise. They've, they've seen things, you know, um, it's not textbook for them. You know, it's, it's actual experience. So personally, if I'm the one, if I'm Lee Nollis and I'm stuck there, like these would be my choices. Good, good pick. <laughs> yeah. Lee Nollis, he, did, he didn't want to get rescued. So, but uh, that's beside the point. So. <laughs> let's see what you can do with the secondary systems. All right. Let's uh, rattle off a few secondary systems picks for the picks that just missed our list. Brooke, do you have any extras? I do. I have a few. Um, so that we have the two great rescues from Ruripenthe. So we have Archer in Judgment. And then you've obviously got uh, Kirk and McCoy. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Ruripenthe. There's a, a double dip. Yep. Yeah. And supposedly this place you can't rescue anyone from, you know, but somehow, you know, our heroes have done it a couple of times. Um, I, I thought about Prime Spock rescuing Kirk um, from those like giant indigenous insectoids things on Delta Vega, just because that meeting was really fortuitous, but it also felt really quick. And I had dogs and Joes and things to put in my list. So <laughs> the the Deep Space Nine episode, the Gem Hadar, where Cisco and Cork and Nagar on that the Cisco's oh, and Cork right, and Nagar on right. that um that trip. And we don't know who what the Dominion, you know, the we don't know what the different components of the Dominion look like at that point. And so the Odyssey ends up coming and rescuing them with, you know, two of the runabouts, and the Odyssey gets like suicide bombed essentially. Yep. And it was like it 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 was really, it really informed what we thought about the dominion or what we were expecting. And it's funny because I don't remember the name of that captain, but you know, before they leave and you know, the, the D space nine crew is like, you know, well, we fought the Maquis and he's like, well, we expect the dominion to have sharper teeth. And then, you know, fast forward and the Odyssey's gone, you know, through the suicide run. I don't know. That one was, that one, that's an intense one. Um, RIP captain Keogh. Keep Captain Keo, and who was right, but that does not help you when your when your ship yeah. blows up. And um, my last one that I thought of was um, the Voyager episode Muse, both for like the rescue by the Voyager crew of Balana and Harry when they're you know they're they're lost during that mission, but also because Kellis's uh, last play yeah. was titled "The Rescue of Balana Torres," so that felt like a kind of a fun double dip. But and, and it ends on her beaming out of the play. That's yep. really good. Yeah. The, the actual yeah. rescue is at the end of the episode. That's cool. Uh, yeah, awesome. That's my list. Amazing. Uh, how about you, Know Any extra picks? You know, there, there of course, is Saints of Imperfection, which is my wife re- rescuing uh, a naked and afraid uh, <laughs> Wilson Cruz, which I love. Yeah. Uh, very. Um, and so that's great. Oh, God. Yeah. I guess Lucille Ball I'm throwing on there. I like that. Well. That's, a, that's a great <laughs> one. that. Yeah, I think, you know, I think those are my my uh, my leftovers, my back end. Oh, and then, you know, just to rescue this podcast, I'll just throw <laughs> Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite in there. Yeah. <laughs> but well done, sir. This well done. Touche from uh, two episodes ago. Okay. <laughs> and, and Measure of a Man, you know, just toss that, that one on that too. That one works too. That's about 100 <laughs> episodes ago. 
All right. So I've got a couple. I have New Eden because I love, and actually this is a Tilly shout out. You'll be doing a donut inside an asteroid field when Detmer rescues the planet below with her, uh, with her piloting. I've got a uh, booby trap, another ship. I wanted to do like ship rescues when Picard rescues the ship by navigating it out of the asteroid field. I love that. I've got, I got to give a shout out to Chakotay when he saves the indigenous woman on the planet in basics, when she's like surrounded by lava and he stops to, to save her. I love that moment. And I got a ton more here. I got Worf trying to rescue his dad in birthright. Of course that doesn't, really work out uh sacrifice of angels zial and quark rescue rom kira and lita another sh- another shout out for wesley rescuing his mom from the warp bubble and mm-hmm. my final special shout out was scotty rescuing himself in relics by locking himself into <laughs> a level four diagnostic transporter cycle but it didn't work out for poor old franklin just scotty <laughs> So, uh, all right. Fantastic topic. I knew we'd get some, uh, some interesting picks and some deep dives into some uh, episodes we haven't really talked about. And let's get into our regeneration cycle and recap our picks. Computer, activate regeneration cycle. Alcoves beta and gamma. Okay, Brooke, uh, recap your five picks. All right. Uh, my number five pick was the endless rescues of the Kobayashi Maru. Uh, my number four pick was Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. My number three pick was De Niro, The Rescue Pity from Picard. My number two pick was The Rescue of Ishka by the, the crew of Ferengi in The Magnificent Ferengi. And my number one pick was uh, The Trimbles and their letter writing campaign that rescued Star Trek. Oh, man. You're three, three from TOS and one from Picard Amazing. and Space Nine. Uh, Noah, how about you? Number five, final mission. Number four, the enemy. Number three, the Andorian incident. Number two, best of both worlds. Part two and number one, scavengers from Star Trek Discovery. It doesn't get any better than that. So three from TNG, one from Enterprise, and one from Discovery. And my top five was Harry Kim in Deadlock from Voyager, The Higher Ground, The Rescue of Beverly and Picard in TNG, Number three, Star Trek Beyond and the motorcycle rescue scene in the Kelvin timeline. Number two, Empok Noor and O'Brien saving Nog in Deep Space Nine. And also from Deep Space Nine, the homecoming, O'Brien and Kira saving Lee Nollis and his crew. So I've got a few stats to relay. I was going to try and track a little bit more, but we were having too much fun. There was too much happening. We had no duplicates, so that's always interesting when there's no duplicates. I will say uh, of the characters mentioned the most in rescues, we had two O'Brien picks and then uh, Kirk and Spock kind of a combination. They, they had like three mentions, but the one that really stands out, Wesley Crusher has three mentions. Way to go. No Wes. kidding. Way to go. Big Wes. time involved in the rescues. So <laughs> that is really cool. And I think we had two Empak Nor picks, right? Which, I mean, considering you don't see Empak Nor all that oh, much. Oh, that's right. Two uh, Empak Nor space stations. With I guess it's just a, a place you don't want to be. <laughs> you really need some help if you're over there. You figure if you're there, you're getting rescued. Yep. Good point. All right. As we do every week, we've been hit by a temporal distortion. So before we get apart, it's time to hear. The temporal distortions are fracturing space time throughout the ship. Cause unknown. 
Oh, we know the cause, Mr. Tuvok. It's all that amazing feedback that we continue to receive from our listeners here at Trek Ranks. And this week's Temporal Distortion has sent us back to episode 94 and a great episode discussing the top five cold opens in Star Trek. We've got a great voicemail from Jim McMahon on Twitter. He is at TrekFan underscore 165. And here is his great voicemail. Hey, Jim. My name is also Jim. I am a big fan of the podcast and I have created... A top five list of the Star Trek cold opens. Number five is Blood Oath from Deep Space Nine, where we see Corin Koloth on Deep Space Nine in, in full Klingon makeup. And the five my five words for that are Core sleeping in the brig. The hashtag is drunk core. My number four is regeneration from Enterprise, where the that Arctic research team comes across uh, the board crash site and find the drones in the ice. The five words are do not disturb the drone and the hashtag is Borg on ice. Number three is the expanse also from enterprise where the, where the Zindi probe attacks earth. I, I could not come up with five words for this. The best I could do is six and the, and the words are Archer accepts help from the future. The hashtag is from Florida to Venezuela. Number two is cause and effect from TNG, where the, where the Enterprise is destroyed. Five words are shuttle bay over the tractor beam. And the hashtag is the number three is key. And number one is Scorpion Part 1 from Voyager, where the cold open is the three Borg cubes being being destroyed by the then unknown energies energy weapons. And the hashtag is, sorry, the five words are the Borg can be defeated. And the hashtag is resistance is not futile. So quick recap. Number five, Blood Oath from Deep Space Nine. Number four, Regeneration from Enterprise. Number three, The Expanse also from Enterprise. Number two, Cause and Effect from TNG. And the number one, Scorpion Part One from Voyager. Thanks, Jim. I love that voicemail from Jim McMahon. Pretty sure it's not the punky QB Jim McMahon. I think this is just a Star Trek fan named Jim McMahon. And uh, that would be a good actual reference for our sports reference episode. A couple episodes ago with Jim McMahon. If anybody knows who that is, I don't think anybody does. All right. I love this voicemail. He did the picks, which he had, he had five words and a hashtag. He had everything in there. And I just, and to summarize for all of our guests, I'll do that now for Jim, his, amazing list of top five cold opens had two picks from enterprise one from tng one from d space nine and one from voyager very cool it was like he was a guest on the show i love that voicemail all right so once again those picks more than enough to get us clear of this week's temporal distortion so as always want to thank everyone for all your great responses to the trek ranks podcast keep your list coming to me at trek ranks on twitter so we can retweet them but we also want to hear from you Put together your own list of top five rescues or a list from any of our past shows. Give us a call at the Tricorder Transmissions at 609-512-5527 at 609-512-LLAP. Or you can just record it yourself and DM me. We can do it that way. Hopefully we'll hear from you so you can be featured on the next episode of Trek Ranks. And on the next episode of Trek Ranks, we are doing another unique topic. It's one of those weird topics you're only going to find on Trek Ranks. It's the top five improvements. That's right, improvements. So this could be something in-universe, something on the production side, lots of ways to think about improvements in Trek. And so Brooke and Noah, this is a tough one, but if you had to choose one Trek Hello. improvement off the top of your head, 
I'm gonna put you to the test. Can you guys think of one? Uh, Brooke, I heard oh, you I, talk about. I, I can't believe you did this to Noah. He's he's just <laughs> learning about this show, and this is I'm crazy. ready. This is I'm crazy. Ready. Okay, well then, I guess honestly, I, this one I would have to ruminate on a bit if I were if I were to come up with five. But I guess I'll just go with the simple fact that. Uh, that ships get refits. So oh, the fact that every time we one. every time we lose a ship, it comes back and it's a little bit it's a little bit snazzier and it's got nicer carpet, <laughs> you know, if it's TNG. And so I guess that'd be my pick. As Captain Freeman would say in Lower Decks, it get all sovereign class. There you go. That's a great one. A Trek improvement in universe. Noah, how about you? Okay, my Trek improvement. This might be controversial, but, but I don't care. Is that you're now allowed to be out and gay in whatever form you want in uh, the latest iterations of Trek. You don't have to have a trill in you to be gay anymore. Uh, you can just be gay now in space. That, that is an is, excellent pick. That's an excellent one. And it's true for all of the progress that has been made in narrative storytelling form over the past 50 and don't, years. Uh, don't at me about it. I don't want to hear it. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. At this point, anybody listening is, is still on board our team because <laughs> I've ranted enough about it. Fantastic. <laughs> to oh. scare them all away. I have I have one more. I have one more. And okay. maybe, maybe because I'm here with two like major Trek nerds, you can help me finally put a finger on something. So it's it's the look of Quark. In the in the premiere versus the look of Quark after a couple of episodes go That's by. That's a good one. I, I cannot mm -hmm. tell you why one is creepy and they, one is cool. They mm -hmm. must still be using the old Ferengi, you know, plan or makeup plan that they had from the first season of of TNG, and then they kept looking at it and they're like, "Man, this looks oh, awful." Oh, there's the shading it. or That's the nose. One. I mean, something's off, you yep. know. And Odo too. Odo, I was about to say. Made. Yeah. Yeah, so really, Michael Michael Westmore could be a whole a whole five, you know, a whole list. That'd be cool. A lot, lots of improvements there for sure. All right, awesome job. Uh, huge thanks to Brooke Horton and Noah Averbot Cats. I was wondering if you could show me how to access these subspace communications logs. Great to have you both on the show. Any final Trek subspace communications? Either one you guys want to relay before we depart, Brooke. No, this has been really fun. I mean, it, being on the show with Jim is always being with, you know, a, a lifetime Trekkie that got to ascend. And this episode <laughs> is with two lifelong Trekkies that got to ascend to Star Trek. So, I mean, this is a pretty big honor. But I just want to say that, Noah, like to find out that you're an actual like dyed in the wool, you know, lifetime Trekkie and and got to be on Discovery. I mean, that is so cool. So it's nice to it's nice to meet you. It's nice to talk Trek with you. And Jim, well, always. thank you. Thank you for having me. Your picks really exemplified the ingenuity of a Starfleet officer. So I'm very impressed. And when you're when you guys uh, go back, if you haven't done already, top five uh, prosthetic uh, makeup designs, then I can come back for that one. So as well. we've done uh, costumes, but we still have hair and makeup to do. So those are on the list. For there you go. Sure. Prosthetics. Prosthetics. Hey, Jim, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, got right. The bug now. He's got the bug. He's <laughs> like got. It. He's got a list for you. He wants to have custom, custom made uh, episodes. Now. Actually, that's good. I maybe I should break that there up and we'll do go. makeup and then also do prosthetics. That's uh, that's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, because you know I I could do a whole episode on Beverly's makeup, but that wouldn't really fall under prosthetics. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. Also, Trek tropes. That one's that one's happening at some point. 
All right. Thanks, everyone, again. For, <laughs> That's right. That's right. Thanks, everyone, again, for engaging with us here on episode 106 of the Trek Ranks podcast. As always, I want to close by saying I'm looking forward to standing with you again here in this place where I belong. Project parabolic course to avoid entering neutral zone. Aye, right, Captain. Course change projected. Captain, I'm getting something on the distress channel. On speakers. This is the Kobayashi Maru. 19 periods out of Altair 6. We have struck a gravitic mine and have lost all power. Our hull is penetrated and we have sustained many casualties. This is the Starship Enterprise. Your message is breaking up. Can you give us your coordinates? Repeat, this is the Starship... Our position is Gamma Hydra, Section 10. In the neutral zone. Hull penetrated. Life support systems failing. Can you assist us, Enterprise? Just want to remind everyone again that the entire Trek Ranks catalog is available for you to download and listen to at trekranks.com and on your podcast player of choice. Our episodes never get carbon data, so check out the topics you've missed and maybe just want to listen to again over at trekranks.com. And a reminder to check out our friends Five Year Mission at fiveyearmission.net. They're writing a song for every episode of Star Trek, and you won't believe how great their music is. They also have a podcast at the Trek Geeks Network, so seek them out. You won't regret it. Hopefully you stuck around after the credits here for just one last audio clip from this week's great topic, our top five rescues. And if you did, I'm going to get to that uh, clip in a minute. But first, I wanted to salute our friend Brooke Horton from tonight's show. We recorded this episode about a month early because I had a vacation planned. And when I was editing it this week, I got the word from Brooke that she'd lost her uh, beloved Alice, uh, shelter cat that she had rescued about 15 years ago and of course she mentioned alice during her inspired third round rescue pick here on tonight's show as alice was by her side and anyway i just wanted to highlight that really quick and send some love out to brooke and everyone out there who's brought pets into their lives to be part of their family you know we we all know it's when you do that it's filled with joy and heartache but you know, everyone that is given an animal a home and taking care of them, it's just really important and uh, should be celebrated. And on behalf of Alice, I, I made a donation to the Humane Society of Western Michigan and, and Grand Rapids um, in her name. It's a great cause for anyone who has the ability to help. And just uh, thanks again to Brooke for being such a great friend of the show. And as promised, here is our final rescue tribute it wasn't mentioned on, on the show tonight, but seems appropriate now. It's from Deep Space Nine's Honor Among Thieves, and we're celebrating Chief O'Brien's great decision to, to rescue Chester, the beloved cat of poor old Bilby. And uh, I just love what that says about Chief and Deep Space Nine and what they showcase there. All right. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Have a seat. Not there. Chester doesn't like people sitting in his chair. <laughs> Don't touch anything.
it's not too much trouble. Will you make sure Chester is looked after? Be good.